Welcome back to Talking Smack. Today I have William with me. He is the founder of Sugar and Spoon along with a business partner. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. But would you like to introduce yourself? Anything you want the people to know or where they can find you? Yeah, totally. My name is William. Um, it's super exciting to be here because we haven't really sat down and ever chatted before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've met once before. So I'm really excited to actually sit down and chat with you. Knowing that this is only the second time we met, I feel like we have so much to talk about, so much to relate with. And Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Okay. So I guess my first question for you is you started your business in your early twenties with a business partner. And from my understanding, you, did you guys meet in college or did you know each other before? Yeah. We didn't meet till our senior year of college. Oh, wow. So pretty okay. recently. That's so cool. Okay. So where did you come up with the idea and how did this whole business start? Yeah. The story goes way back. So do you want to like buckle up and get the oh, whole yeah. thing? Okay. <laughs> Let's go. So I grew up in Shoreline. I went to Shorewood and... When I was a senior in high school, I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't put enough like thought and effort into where I wanted to go. And I remember sitting front row of AP stats and senior year in high school, you're applying to colleges and I wanted to apply to USC. And the girl sitting next to me goes, you're applying to USC. And I'll never forget that moment. And that's, I look back at that moment and realize like, I've learned so much since then because I didn't apply to USC because she told me that. Mm -hmm. And I've learned like, you're the only one that's going to put limits on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't apply to USC. I wish I did. I didn't take the college application process seriously enough because of that one girl's comment. Um, I applied to UW. I applied to Shoreline Community College. And I applied to one California school. I applied to UCI. Who doesn't want to go to college in California, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was effortless and without thought that when I got into UW, that was the school that I wanted to go to. Like growing up in Shoreline, I always loved Seattle Mm -hmm. and thought it'd be super cool to go to UW. So I got into UW and I thought that was like the big, like I made it right. I got Mm -hmm. into school, super awesome school, like really looked high upon, especially in this community. And I was really excited. Little did I know that getting into college, like is one check of the box. Like Mm -hmm. studying what you want to study in college is the difficult part, especially at a big school like that. So I knew at UW that I wanted to study business and I spent the first three years of my college experience working on the prerequisites and everything to apply to the business school. Mm -hmm. Because without a doubt, like that's what I wanted to do. That's what I've been most passionate about. That's what like my dad does. That's what my grandpa did. It's like in my bloodstream to like Mm -hmm. be in the business world. And that's the mindset that I was most interested in. So fast forward to junior year of college, we're applying to the business school, me and like a majority of my friend group. And I'll never forget the day when we all got our decision letters and my entire friend group was accepted into the business school and I was rejected. And I felt this huge sense of just like failure. Mm -hmm. And I had spent all of high school, three years of college working towards getting into the business school Mm -hmm. and finishing up my college experience like kind of like how a normal, like how I saw normal would happen. Right. I just thought everything would like continue to unfold how it had and it didn't and it hit me really hard. And I remember going home and being like, what have I been doing? Like, do mm-hmm. I need to transfer colleges? Like, did I go to the wrong school? I obviously need to change paths. I didn't have enough time at UW to reapply to the business school because with the decision process and everything, it takes like another quarter. Mm-hmm. And I was earing my 
nearing my college experience end and I hadn't got into the school that I needed to, to study in. Mm-hmm. So I looked at transferring and I looked at a million different options. I met with um, different counselors in different schools. So I met with like the entrepreneurship or the um, economics counselor and the international studies counselor just to figure out like how to finish college and how to end up with a piece of paper to like mm-hmm. get this done with. <laughs> right. And all these counselors were just like, you're a senior, like, do you really want to do economics? Like nothing was fitting. And I felt yeah. so uncomfortable. Um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started doing more research in what UW offered and I found that they had just launched a real estate minor and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. real estate. Cool. So like drop the ball on business. That's not happening. Yeah. I got into real estate and my mind completely shifted. I was like, I'm going to be a real estate agent when I graduate uh-huh. college. So I'm taking this real estate course. I'm starting to be a real estate agent doing my Rockwell. And during this, I found doubt that UW offers an entrepreneurship minor for non-business students Mm. it's brand new Mm -hmm. I'm like okay this is like my calling right so I apply and I get in and I'm like this is awesome so I'm taking my real estate classes I'm gonna be a real estate agent like I'm on it and then I start taking my first classes in the business school at UW and I'm a like friendly outgoing person and I make friends like effortlessly Mm -hmm. but when I walked into the first business class I felt so out of place Mm -hmm. because these people have been in the business school they've have um pre-existing friendships and ties that I did not relate to Mm -hmm. and we're forming groups in this class called creating a company Mm -hmm. and I like cannot get into a group like everyone came into the class it's the first day I'm like how does everyone already know each other like these groups are already forming and I felt like such an outsider Mm -hmm. and I kind of settled with this group that was making a product that I wasn't very excited about. And we continued, I continued going to this class and there's this group selling cookie dough. Mm-hmm. And I'm so envious of the times they would go up in front of the class and talk about like what they wanted to sell and their journey. And I'm sitting here with my group, like of people that I didn't really like fuck with. And I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And one of the girls in the cookie dough group was also studying real estate. So mm, the bell okay. rings one day at class and I go up to her and I'm trying to like ring out the answers to the real estate exam. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I, you went up in front of the class and said you were interested in real estate. I'm super interested in it too. She just passed her real estate broker's exam. I was like, yo, how do you pass? Like, where do you mm-hmm. want to hang your license? What do you want to do? And we kind of hit it off on that. So we hit it off on the real estate thing. I'm still in this random group. And then she's in this group selling cookie dough. After we hit it off, I didn't know this, but she went up to the professor and was like, could we steal people from other people's groups? Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, yeah, this is like a real life class. It's creating a company. Yeah. It was such a fluid class. Like there weren't mm-hmm. a lot of set boundaries or rules. You just kind of did what you want. And he was like, yeah, feel free. So I got a text from her that night and was like, do you want to be part of my group? And like, without thinking, I was just like, yes. Yeah. And then I took time to think of like what I was going to say to this group that I was with. Yeah. But as Little as a decision it felt to be then turned out to be like such a pivoting moment in my Mm -hmm. life because like I'm still in that class in a way. I took that class into a real company. So I joined the cookie dough group and I finally felt like belonging and understanding and it didn't feel like anything that I'd ever done in college. Like I felt belonging and it was so Mm -hmm. easy and relatable and fun and motivating. So I enjoyed that class so much. So it was a two quarter long class and 
um, spring quarter is all about like selling your product. So we're selling the cookie dough on campus. I'm part of this group. I'm loving it. And we're doing pop-ups on campus and selling our cookie dough. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking back to my fraternity one day after a pop-up and I'm calling my dad to let him know how successful it was. I was like, we did this much in sales off like a pop-up table. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's relatable to like what the restaurant does on a weekend. So mm -hmm. I'm like, we're, I think we're onto something here. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome. So we're wrapping up college. Um, me and Ivana both thought we wanted to be real estate agents. This cookie dough class is like kind of taking over like a lot of our time. Mm -hmm. We're doing pop-ups and people are coming like off campus to find us. They're messaging the Instagram account mm -hmm. to find out like when and where we're going to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're onto something. Yeah. So I'm like, we should really think about doing this like after college in real life. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what? Like, this is the class project. You're taking it so seriously. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? Like, we're going to be real estate agents. Why do you <laughs> yeah. want to sell cookie dough? We're going to be selling houses. And I'm like, I want to do this. Like, this is super cool. We're onto something. Mm -hmm. So me and Ivana sit down with our dads in the back of an Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we want to do the Doughboys cookie dough, like in real life. Mm -hmm. And we talked about doing it three different ways. We could do it, um, through distribution and sell like our jars of cookie dough in grocery stores, mm -hmm. or we could, um, open up, um, a shop and do like a scoop shop brick and mortar mm -hmm. type situation or three, like the quickest and the cheapest way to market would be opening up a food truck and selling our cookie dough out of a food truck. Mm -hmm. And our dads were like, write three business plans. We'll meet back and we'll talk about this more like seriously and logistically. Mm -hmm. And Ivana loves telling this part of the story. She did not work on the food truck business plan at all. She was so focused on like the distribution, especially mm -hmm. the scoop shop and kind of left the um, food truck business plan in the, in the dust. So it's our spring quarter of our senior year of college. We're wrapping things up in the class and we're writing these business plans and we bring them to our dads and they're like, okay, let's do it. Like we're going to start off with the food truck. Cause like I said, it's the quickest way to the market and the cheapest mm -hmm. way to do it. So we graduate college and www.craigslist.com food truck. Mm -hmm. And there's one on there and you've seen some whack food trucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This food oh, truck yeah. is plain white with stickers of every type of food you've ever eaten. So random. His menu mm -hmm. was so diverse, soup, salad, smoothies, like Whoa. water, like every which direction, like what is going on? And we called the dads, our mentors. And we're like, there's one food truck on Craigslist and this is it. He's like, yep, that's the one. So we drove down to Kent, looked at it. And we spent the summer after our senior year of college with this white food truck in my driveway. Mm -hmm. We like scraped off those stickers, yeah. hired the scaff Craigslist to paint it white, started working on branding and packaging and how we wanted to sell our product and brought it to market. So fast forward from that girl telling me what you're applying to USC mm -hmm. and feeling so out of place in college. I felt such belonging and passion about this. Um, and we're still doing it today, three years later. So that was our first truck. We've launched two since then. Mm -hmm. We had a tiny brick and mortar experience and Mm -hmm. yeah that's the long story <laughs> that's so cool yeah. especially like I know exactly how you feel like I've had a couple people say things like that to me or like when I dropped out of college someone else saying like oh well you're never going to amount to anything like I had a close friend say that to me and it just it held me back for a little while it and sticks with you it's oh my gosh I still I was 18 I'm 28 now 10 years ago and that still sticks with me but you're so right that like it's your own thought process or it's your own limitation that you put up in your mind that 100%. you can overcome and do anything that you want to. But, you know, looking back now, obviously you're probably grateful that it happened that way. Yeah. And I think the biggest lesson I've learned is like, 
if you have passion and drive for something and you want to go do it, then go right. and do it. And like you started a business in your early twenties as well. And people are going and doing like more normal things, more like mm-hmm. stereotypical things, like going to get a job at Amazon or yeah. going to work for Microsoft. And then we're throwing everything out there and being mm-hmm. like, we're just going to go with this, but passion can drive you forward. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to tell you to go for it, but you just have to believe in yourself and mm-hmm. use your own passion to move forward. Exactly. And I think too, just having the discipline to stick with it. Cause I know there were so many times I was like, oh, should I be doing this? Like what's going on? And then the passion is there and it can drive that and you can continue to, you know, reach those goals that you want to. But I want to go back to, okay, so you have a business partner. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I've always been solo and I've always wondered if it would be easier to have a business partner or if it's better to be alone or have you guys had any tips about anything or tell me a little bit about that. Totally. So we hit it off the bat, like on real estate and we both come from European families. So we had like common ground that formed our connection right off the bat, but we are totally opposite people. Mm -hmm. So Ivana is very like perfectionist, um, wants to double check everything. Mm -hmm. She can work on one task until it's like totally perfect. And I am not, I am like, we're getting it done. We're throwing it out there. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I always say we can talk about it or we can get it done. Mm -hmm. So working with someone who's like opposite mindset can be like frustrating at times because when we're we're trying to focus on a simple task, we can go about it in different ways, but it's so rewarding when we go about it in different ways and then meet at a common goal. And it's like kind of like double checking your work for everything. Mm -hmm. So at first we used to do everything together, like Mm -hmm. any little thing of starting our business, like we would be hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder doing it together. And I think since then, over the three years, we've learned um, to put aces in their spaces. Mm -hmm. So the things that Yvonne is better at, she does. And the things that I'm better at, I will do. But we work side by side every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't imagine going on a business during your young 20s solo. Mm -hmm. It feels so good to have someone's support Mm -hmm. um, and help when I don't want to do something, she's there to do it or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel like starting a business by yourself? I mean, I can't imagine like having the guts to do it without someone by my side. Mm -hmm. It was definitely scary because I didn't have anyone in the entrepreneurial world to ask questions. So I kind of just felt like I was thrown out on my own and obviously I wouldn't have it any other way now. And I feel like I've learned so much through trial and error and it's really taught me that it's okay to ask for help. I think because I went out on my own, I was in this mindset of, I have to figure out on my own. Like I have to figure this out. It's me. That's it. Like I don't have anyone else to rely on or, you know, brainstorm ideas with or anything. So it kind of just felt lonely in the beginning, especially too. like we were talking about this a little bit off camera, but starting a business in your early twenties. And for me specifically not having a business partner, anytime I wanted to talk about anything, nobody related to it. No one understood the struggles that I was going through. No one understood that it was really hard for me to turn work off. And even still, it's sometimes hard for me to turn work off because it's my baby. And I'm sure you guys feel that way about your business. It's your baby. And there's constantly things that you can be doing. And so it's like hard trying to find that work-life balance. I feel like I'm finally in a place where I am able to feel comfortable taking a step back and being like, okay, I do need to step away from this and enjoy my life so I can feel really on when I come back to it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would definitely just say like it was, it was lonely and sometimes it was really hard and I felt like I'm being a people pleaser too. It was Mm -hmm. really easy for me to just overwork myself. 
And that was tough. Do you feel like you guys kind of check each other and you're like, okay, we need to turn this off. Like we're done working for the night. Or do you feel like it's hard to turn it off as well? I think that's one of the hardest parts of like owning a business is like, I'm always thinking about it. And even when I don't want to be thinking about it, it's hard not to be thinking about it. Right. Especially with our business being like mobile and the trucks are on the road. Like mm -hmm. you never know when I'm at the movie theater and I get a text that they have a flat tire and it's 9 PM and they're in Olympia. And I don't know a tow truck driver who's going to get them from oh, no. Olympia to Seattle. And what are we going to do with the events the next day? Mm -hmm. um, it's also hard to like, I work from home mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask you, like, since I work from home and I, it's hard for me to like separate work from business sometimes. Like if I get an email Mm -hmm. at nine o'clock at night and it's a big event I'm like laptop like, like yep <laughs> let me get on this right now because mm -hmm. like I might as well but when you leave the space do you feel like okay like work is behind me and I can enjoy my like after 5 p.m time or are you constantly like getting texts and pings that you want to attend to then and there yeah pretty much and a lot of the time too I'm since I don't take clients anymore I'm not in the space physically that often unless I'm in my office doing something but I would say I come down maybe two three times a week and it's maybe for an hour. <laughs> and, um, so a lot of the time I am working from home because I have my dogs at home and I don't like leaving them long in the kennel. Mm -hmm. And so I will, most of the time I'm like creating graphics on Canva at home or I'm sending emails, I'm writing sales pages. I'm doing all those things from home. And right now I'm just set up at my dining room table. So anytime I walk by it and I see my laptop there, it's really easy to just sit down and continue to work and I'll yeah. wake up and go straight to the laptop. And, you know, before I go to bed, I have to check my laptop. And so it's, it's, I've kind of built a new morning routine for myself where I don't touch my laptop the moment I wake up and I like have, you know, drink my water. I used to drink coffee, but not anymore. <laughs> so I think my mornings aren't as enjoyable without coffee, but We'll see. So I, I like have my water. I like journal. And then I'm like, okay, now I can get into my work. So I try to like have that me time first to at least like have that separate. But it is. It's hard to not want to constantly be doing it, especially when you know there's always something that you can be doing. So you said that one of the biggest things you learned is like to ask for help and use resources. Mm -hmm. Who are your key resources and what brought you to the point where you weren't taking clients and didn't have to be in the office all the time, like, mm -hmm. and were able to take the leap of being able to enjoy your me time in the mornings. I started hiring coaches because I knew that there were areas in my business that I was struggling with or that I knew, like, I didn't quite know everything about. And so hiring them really helped me kind of just gain clarity on what tasks I was really good at and other things to pass off. And then my assistant, our, um, I like to call her our creative director now. <laughs> she is incredible. So I ask her for a lot of help and I've passed off a ton of tasks to her over the last year and a half that she's been with me. And I feel like that has really allowed me to kind of take a step back more mm -hmm. and actually focus on living my life and not just thinking about the business 24 seven. And of yeah. course, like it's hard to turn it off, but I feel like I'm so much more at peace now that I'm able to kind of have a better work-life balance. And I mean, it goes and flows. There are times I'm feeling really creative and I'm working like crazy. And there's other times where I'm like, I just need to sleep all day. Totally. And I just need to be home and do nothing. And it's nice to have the flexibility of that. That's like one of the perks mm -hmm. of a small business owner, right? Is like, yeah, we choose like our daily schedule and how much effort we want to put into our business every day. Mm -hmm. And some days it's like, F yeah, let's wake up yeah. at A and get out. And other days it's like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm going to take today to chill. Right. Um, our businesses are our babies. And 
having other people like be an integrational part in our business, like your creative director and like my managers, like how does it feel to step off our responsibilities onto people reflecting your company in their way? Like, yeah. so we take a step back and we're able to like have that me time, right? Like enjoy that cup of coffee or cup of water in the morning journal, whatever it is. But in the back of your head, are you, what do you think about other people like representing your brand, your company and your baby? I had a really hard time in the beginning, like hiring people on and passing off tasks, tasks, because I looked at it like, no one's going to do this as good as me. Like no one is going to write that text message back to this client the way I would, or like something so silly as, and I've said this before, but I was like, I'm the only one who can vacuum the space. Like I'm going to vacuum the best. Like, it's just ridiculous little things like that. And trying to understand like, what is the best use of my time? Mm -hmm. Like what, what's my area of genius? And that's what I need to focus on and the other things I can pass off. And it's okay if it's not done perfectly, because I feel like you and I kind of align on that. For me, I've always been a, not always, but learn to be a done is better than perfect because Mm -hmm. I'd rather get it done and do it because it can be perfected later if need be, especially with like the online courses or little things as simple as an onboarding email for a new student or something like that. A hundred percent. But yeah, so that was hard. How do you feel about that? Because how many employees do you have now? In the summer, we bring like 50 people on board. Wow. And then this time of year, like once winter hits, we'll go down to like 20 to 30. Mm -hmm. But something so big I've learned is like other people can like do these tasks. And Mm -hmm. there's people out there who can take care of these little things. And I think something that has allowed our companies to like flourish and grow is that we're delegating these like smaller responsibilities Mm -hmm. onto people who that we trust with our company and can bring it out to the full light that we want it to shine. Um, And it's allowed us to not work on, you can either work in your business or work on your business. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get like, get stuck in a routine of like texting all those clients, vacuuming the space, driving the truck to every event, scooping every scoop. But if we're able to, have those positions filled, then we're able to take our company to the next step and Mm -hmm. bring it to its full potential. When you get to that point of having 50 employees, is it hard to manage everyone? Yeah. Because that's got to be a lot. Do you get a lot of text messages or people like calling out sick or anything crazy? Before the pandemic, our truck was parked at Westlake Center downtown on 4th Mm -hmm. and Pine every day, all day from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. It was like so simple. Mm -hmm. Our staff would pick up the truck from a spot near UW drive it downtown they would one person would light rail from the this sounds complicated now, but we, <laughs> we had yeah. it down and it was like the same routine every single day mm-hmm. and then when we went through the pandemic and no one downtown became ghost town and yeah. everyone was working from home we started parking our trucks in like neighborhoods apartments small businesses corporate events and we still do that today mm-hmm. so every day the truck is somewhere new yeah and um one of my attributes to the company is like operations like each day like figuring out who's going to be where where the truck's going to be who's mm-hmm. going to be on it who's driving it what time do they leave what time do they need to leave what time do they need to get there who's the host that they're communicating with is it a paid for event is it not paid for so yeah i'm constantly getting texts and pings like what's going on yeah. and where are we every single day is a diff is different um and that's one of the hard things about like after 5 p.m is like after 5 p.m like yeah the emails might slow but the trucks are still out mm-hmm. and sometimes like I'll be laying in bed like last night the truck was at UW campus till 11 and I was like, do I wait to go to bed until the truck's like home safe or like they got it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be so hard, especially like for me, I have one space. Everyone's here. And so when we're we close at six. 
So for the most part, like I don't have to stay up late. And of course, there's like random texts late, but I feel like I've been better about waiting until the next morning to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't even imagine having people out there and like trusting them. Like, how do you pick your drivers? Oh, my gosh. Who yeah. drives? <laughs> so we have a really awesome staff. And like like I mentioned to you just now, it's like it's hard to hire people for your small business because you want people to understand like everything that you did building up to it to make it what it is. And you want them to carry it with the light that you want them Mm-hmm. that you want your business to reflect onto your consumer. Um, we have a really like high energy, positive, hardworking staff. Mm-hmm. And we realize that work is like not a number one priority for us. We want them to be like getting their education or doing something and work comes like second and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So our staff picks and chooses the days they want to work each day. So on Sunday night, I put our schedule into an app and they can look preview the shift and see like where it is, how long they're going to be working and who they're going to be working with and choose to take the shift or not take the shift. Oh, that's really cool. It's super cool. But when they come to work, like I expect them to be like 110% energy because I'm like, you chose to be here. Mm -hmm. So like bring it to your full potential. It's hard to keep everyone in order and figuring out where everyone's going to be at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. (laughs) What is there anything that you would tell yourself three years ago when you first started this is it three years right yeah three years yeah so is there anything that you would tell yourself now like going back would you say anything like oh don't do this or do this do you have any would you have any tips for your previous self I just feel like I've learned every day like we make mistakes and like learn from them and I've learned so much from like starting a business Mm -hmm. and what I would tell like anyone including myself is like just go for it. Like if you have a feeling in yourself that you want to like start something and bring a product or a service like to the community or to a bigger sense, like the world, then like Mm -hmm. do it. And like we talked about is like, no one's going to stop you except for yourself, like Mm self-doubt or like other people's little comments. Don't let it get to you. It's a learning experience and life too short to like Mm -hmm. keep it on the back burner and be like, should I have done that? I never want to look back and be like, I didn't pour my entire self into this right because I could have done something bigger and better mm-hmm. and I think too like you don't have to start when you're 20 mm-hmm. like if you're 30 or you're 40 and you still want to do something you should absolutely go after it because like you said life is short you have no idea how much time you have here and you might as well live the life that you want to live it's never too late yeah it's never sure. too late no I mean even now I'm like, do I want to start another business? Do I want to do something else like crazy? But because it's like, why not? Like you have to look at it like the world is your oyster. Like Mm -hmm. you can literally do whatever you want. Okay. I love that you said that because I was going to ask you this. Mm -hmm. Like part of the reason is part of the reason why like I'm always like on is because my brain does not slow down. Like Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking like what's next. Have you thought of other ventures or businesses like outside of lashes or is everything lash focused? And like, how do you see... I hate this question. I want to know if you hit it too. Like what's your five year, 10 year yeah. exit plan with Maclash and mm-hmm. how do you see it growing? And like, what are the things do you have brewing in your mind? I feel like I've been wanting to kind of step out of the lash world, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast. But for me, like I, when my brain doesn't stop working, I'm constantly thinking about marketing and social media ideas. And for me, I think it would be really cool to talk more just to any other businesses and not specifically in the lash world. Like I'd love to come on and help brands like redesign their content strategy. And there's like, 
I don't know, just their messaging and marketing. I feel like that is what excites me now. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I've been doing it in the lash world for so long and it's easy for me to help other brands, but I'm more passionate about being like, it's a challenge for me now to step out of the lash world and do something different because I could double down in the lash world and really go hard and probably, you know, do really well and continue to, you know, be successful with it. But I was like, uh, not that I'm bored because I'm still so passionate about this industry. I'm still so passionate about my students and everyone that I've been connected with. But I'm just like, I need a challenge again. I need something exciting and something like to really get my wheels spinning. So I feel like I'm moving in a way of I, w- I don't think I would ever do like a product um, I feel like that's a lot, even just doing the t-shirts that we do are like, we don't have any room <laughs> to like put our t-shirts anywhere or even thinking about when I did want to have a lash line and a whole brand and, you know, realizing how much work actually goes into it and having to get a warehouse for products and mm-hmm. things like that. I was like, I just don't know if that's what I want. So kind of moving into the idea of like social media consulting, but We'll see, which is kind of what I'm doing with my coaching right now, but in a bigger way. So all of that growth and like the way you push yourself, is that all like reflected from within? Would oh, you say yeah. that you're like your biggest motivator and you're like hard on yourself to like mm-hmm. like bring yourself out in the most in the most that you could be? Yeah, pretty much. Because I don't feel like I have let any like outside influences be like, you need to be doing more. Or you need to do this other thing. I feel like for me, it's always been self-driven, which is great and obviously like sometimes too like little things like opening a salon I was like oh well that's the next step like this is what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. that must be my next step and I think if I had reflected inward a little bit more I maybe wouldn't even have had a salon like this and of course I'm grateful that I am here now and I'm grateful that I do have it but I think for me I'm like I want less responsibility in my business I want more free time like I want to do only the things that really light me up mm-hmm. and so obviously kind of moving in that direction but yeah it's been like awesome I don't know I couldn't see myself doing anything else that's for sure totally and I think that's like being an entrepreneur is like mm-hmm. that inner self motivation that drives you forward and like the non-stop head spinning of like what could I be doing like to benefit myself, my future businesses and mm-hmm. future endeavors. Do you guys have any other plans for anything? I told you this, like, I hate mm-hmm. the question about the yeah. future, like the five-year, 10-year exit plan is like, I'm just like rolling with it. I love mm-hmm. my job. And like, I think it's so cool. Every day I can wake up and like choose what I want to do. Like today mm-hmm. I chose to spend my day on talking yeah. smack and I love <laughs> it. And like I said, like, I might be doing a dump run later. If I don't feel like doing a dump run, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just rolling with it. The trucks are so fun and I would love to continue like growing our fleet. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like how many texts and pings and flat tires are we getting? Like we can only do so much. So mm-hmm. growing makes me excited, but also like a little bit scared and timid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only myself stopping me from those from those thoughts. Right. And like I said, I don't want to ever like look back. And do you ever think like, I don't want to look back on, Maclash and think like I could have done this mm-hmm. like we yeah. are like privileged and blessed to have like these small businesses that became like not so small businesses and small businesses doing bigger things mm-hmm. I never want to look back and be like I could have done that totally I th- go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say and I think too like thinking about regrets like I don't want to have regrets and of course like I try to look at regrets differently now like thinking about regrets from the past like 
I've learned from them, but I think that would be a huge bummer looking back and being like, I could have done so much more with this if I put more effort in or if I did things differently or if I passed off more tasks and I focused on this and didn't burn myself out like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, I think you're totally right. I'm sure every entrepreneur thinks that. Yeah. And it's all about balance when it comes down to it. Like we're both learning is like, we don't have to be hands-on with every single aspect, but bringing on an awesome team to help us with Mm -hmm. that. With social media consulting, like, how do you see future of social media? And for both of our brands, like, social media helped push us forward so much. Like, at the start, like, it was so important for us to, like, grow our Instagram following and be super having engagement and also being engaged with our followers. And that's how people find out, like, where our trucks are. Like, Mm -hmm. we're relying on Facebook and Instagram. And Mm -hmm. TikTok really helped us launch our nationwide shipment program Mm -hmm. and like for you like you are on it with social media do you think that a lot of your success of your business came from being like so prompt and relying on social media I think when I was taking clients full-time it was more just referral based and like of course social media was great and it brought me a couple clients here and there but it wasn't until reels came out and I started really putting myself out there that I actually started signing coaching clients and more students because more students found me on Instagram than anything else. And of course there were referrals from like local people, but I mean, I, and and I still am shocked to even say this, but I've had people like fly out from Pennsylvania to come train with me. How powerful is that? Like insane. And of course, like without the tool of social media, you know, she never would have found me. Yeah. And like, so I definitely think it's helped with that, especially with the online courses and the coaching. Uh, It's been an awesome platform for me to, you know, capitalize on. How do you see social media playing out like in the future and like with future endeavors or way that you're going to grow up your business? I think I think video is really powerful and I think it allows you to connect with that person a lot better. And even brands, I feel like the small businesses with brands that the owners are actually stepping forward and showing their face Mm -hmm. is so much more relatable and being able to connect with a person rather than a product. And I love that you guys are really active on your social media too and you're like I love how you're sharing your employees and all the things and like all the reels I've seen people make about coming to get cookie dough like it's it's just been really cool and I feel like the more people are real and show up authentically I think it's just way better and easier to grow faster and actually create like a cult like following that way I totally agree like people love a story and a mm-hmm. product and a service is like one thing, but I feel like that's the past we have to. And I think we've both done it, is like bring about this entire experience mm-hmm. that encapsulates your product or service and brings it to the next level. So people aren't walking away with just like a set of new eyelashes, but they're walking mm-hmm. away with like meeting a friendly person, being in this awesome, cool space mm-hmm. or flying out from Pennsylvania to get one of your coaching classes mm-hmm. because of this experience that we've encapsulated around our Mm -hmm. service or product yeah I never thought a free like photo sharing app was going to create so much opportunity for me and I'm sure like did you think anything of social media of course you knew you were like okay we have to be on social media yeah we spend so much time and energy like scrolling through these feeds and like Mm -hmm. everyone is and taking the extra effort and reminding people about your business for free on social media is such a powerful tool Mm -hmm. um yeah, I really value it. It's hard to stick with it mm-hmm. and like being creative be and coming up with content. Um, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And for us, like we want everything to like look a certain way yeah. and not everything does. 
and behind the scenes is not always how it looks like on your Instagram mm-hmm. feed. So there's a lot that goes into it and it's hard to stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's super important and I'm interested to see how, how social media is like come in and come out, like how the future of them will, mm-hmm. will change. Yeah. Okay. I want to switch gears. Have yeah. you ever had any crazy customers? Oh my God. Every like, day. <laughs> every day. Every day. What's uh, the craziest thing someone said? Story. Um, cause you guys probably see a lot of people every yeah, day from like all over the state of Washington. So like we're like in a bubble and like, okay, this is kind of a fun story. Not exactly a crazy customer, but I mm-hmm. spent 21 days like on the road this summer doing three fairs. So I oh went, Oh my gosh, fun. Kind of until you're living <laughs> out of a motel, eating biscuits and gravy every morning for breakfast and working 13 hour days. Oh my gosh. I went to Moses Lake in mm-hmm. Grant County and did the Grant County fair for seven days. Mm-hmm. I went to Kitsap County, did the Kitsap fair and I went to Skagit County and did the Skagit County fair my world was rocked. There are people out there that like, I didn't know existed. I couldn't even like get into some of the stories. Cause like this podcast would turn rated R, but I'm just like, oh, no, we are in such a bubble and there are so many different people out there. Like what they were wearing was rated R or just like ways people think about the world and life and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to get into it. Um, crazy customers. I mean, there's Karen's everywhere, everywhere. How do you deal with, um, <laughs> This could be like episode two, like dealing with Karen's. How do you deal with like negative Yelp reviews that like aren't true or emails about your services that mm-hmm. people aren't happy about our product or service? We've been really lucky to like kind of avoid the bad Yelp crew. I think we had one bad Yelp review and... um I remember just responding to it and being like, I'm happy to have you back in. And this was when I had a couple employees in my first small space Mm -hmm. and it was written about one of the employees and I was there the entire interaction with that client. So I knew it was completely untrue. And I even like stepped in and like tried to talk to her before she was leaving. Basically, long story short, she said she wanted a really natural set. She was worried her husband was going to think they were too much. She got up. She gave our beautiful classic set, looked in the mirror and was like, um, I want them to be like a lot fuller. Like I wanted them really dramatic. And I was like, that is not not what you said. said. (laughs) So she wrote a horrible Yelp review and I just responded to it on there and just said, we're happy to have you back. Like we want to fix the situation, whatever she, I emailed her. I tried to call her. She never responded or anything. That's frustrating. So I was like, okay, whatever. But, um, we've only had a couple clients like call and be really upset. And I'm like, we're going to fix it for you. Cause of course I, <laughs> I'm not like an angry person, but every once in a while, I'm like, I just want to scream back at this person. <laughs> I'm like, why are you yelling at me like this? And so I remember one time I had to just say, you know what? I don't think we're going to be a good fit. I'm going to refund you for your last service. Um, Wish you the best of luck. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like she completely changed her tune. She was like, no, like I still want to see this employee. Like I still want to come in and get my lashes done. Like I just was unhappy with this one. It was like total 180. And I was like, I understand. But the way that, you know, this phone call has gone, I think it would be better for us to just part ways yeah and i'm going to refund you and i you know good luck finding a new lash artist basically and she ended up booking like a year and a half later and so one of my lash artists came up and was like wait did you see that she booked again i was like do you want me to call her she goes no i'm kind of interested let's let her come in and so like 
ever since then, totally fine. But I was like, she just screamed at me on the oh phone. And I was like, bro, it's eyelashes. Like, yeah. we'll fix them. Totally. We'll make you more full. Like, I, th- I think she was late to her appointment and she didn't get as full as she wanted. So it was like not even anything we could have done differently anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just funny. Or like, I, th- I think the craziest thing is how much people expect from us. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Lashes are great, but they're not the be all end all. Like, I don't know. We're people not perfect. get upset about things. Yeah. yeah, we're human. Feedback is great. And like, it's a great mm-hmm. way to like, feedback can bring a, like a better product or service in the future, right. but sometimes people take it to like a whole new level. And like those negative impacts can like really affect like business and how other people see mm-hmm. your business. Like, you know, not fun stuff. No, I remember I used to like let a phone call like that ruin my whole week. And I would just think about it. And I remember after that last one, I was like, whatever. Like I still had that like weird body feeling mm-hmm. like uneasy a little bit, but I was like, I'm going to let that go. Like, I don't even care. Like that's not a big important. deal. And like, especially as a business owner, I feel like so many little things come up that you have to just like keep rolling with it. And especially those, those suck. But I mean, it's all part of it. Well, how frustrating is it also that like that one call will bring us down for a day where in that same day we served like X amount of people that who were ecstatic and we never got excited it. about that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that for a little bit. Are you, do you celebrate your victories and take time and self-reflect and be like, I did this. I never used to. I even remember, and I don't know why. I think because like the moment you reach a goal, you automatically have a new goal in your mind. Mm-hmm. And instead of sitting to actually think about where you started versus where you are now. And honestly, not until like the last six or seven months have I started actually celebrating every single little thing because one, it makes life that much more enjoyable. <laughs> and two, like you should be celebrated. You should celebrate yourself and yeah. like your friends and all the things that we accomplish. And so I remember when I moved into this space, the floors went in, got painted, everything was moved in. It was our first day. And I literally was like, I smiled. I was like excited. And then I was like, all right, what's next? Totally. And I feel like it's so hard for someone who is constantly working and moving to actually take a step back and be like, no, like this is fucking awesome. Like I need to get excited and celebrate. And so one of my friends recently, when the podcast first episode came out, they were like, let's go celebrate. And I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even think about celebrating. Like it just was you know, just another work thing. And so they have really helped me kind of look at things a little differently and understand that it's okay to celebrate and you should celebrate. So back to you, do you guys celebrate all the little things like even small? No, not enough. Um, like you said, like what's next, what's next, what's next, like task, 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 like Mm -hmm. check. Awesome. Like for a second, like feel good about it, but like what's next. And you shared how, like six, seven months ago, you started celebrating. And you also recently shared like how you recently discovered like me time. Mm -hmm. Tell me and tell the (laughs) listeners like how to, like what was like the one or like maybe two things that like brought you that, that transformation and like new way of like thinking about everything and being able to like take more moments to yourself, also celebrate the little things. I think I'm someone who's always put other people before me. And it's been very easy to just like not think about what I want or what I want to do and just put the other person's, you know, 
thoughts, feelings, everything first. Mm -hmm. And so really it kind of started when my ex-husband and I decided to get divorced because a part of that was how much time I was working on the business and the relationship was just not, um, you know, growing at all. Mm -hmm. And basically for me, I had to kind of, I felt like I lost myself in that relationship and I wanted to get back to a place of being like, okay, what do I actually like doing? Like, do I have hobbies? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. what's going on here? And another part of that was like, if you asked me what I liked to do, I would have, or what my identity consisted of, I would have said the business. Mm -hmm. And obviously I think that's a great thing if that's what you want. But I was like, I, you know, one day do want to have a family. I one day do want to have children, but like, I also want to enjoy my life right now while I'm young. Mm -hmm. And I just started to take a step back and really reflect and I think to the moment my ex moved out I was not here for like four months I wasn't really working I wasn't really posting on social media I was like I need to figure out who I am single and who I am like outside of the business so I can be a better business owner so I can be more creative when it is time to work and just like be more at peace so I think that's kind of where it started that's super and cool. For me, journaling is, I feel like I can really get to the bottom of things when I'm journaling because so many things come up that I didn't even think I was thinking or think were affecting me. And so I started journaling and now I like to journal every morning just to kind of, even if it's a couple sentences, just get some thoughts out. Mm -hmm. And then, cause I dealt with so much anxiety, I feel like it is a way for me to kind of transfer that energy and like, let it go a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's That's huge. You took a break. You looked at your like life from like the outside in, mm-hmm. put me first and did a lot of self-reflection and Yeah. It's like wild. That's a huge transformation. Um, energy. Mm-hmm. Like how do you go about every day with like a positive attitude, brushing off negative energy and like I, br- br- <laughs> bringing your smile and light and good vibes into the world. I think for me, it starts with, and that's actually something I started writing down every morning. I started writing down, like, what do I want to bring into this world today? And every day it's been joy. Mm. And I feel like that was something I was lacking for so long because I just felt down. And, and I think it starts too with surrounding yourself with positive people who also want to bring joy into the world and bring joy into other people's lives. And it was, it was an intentional thing for me to understand that for me to be happy, I need to intentionally be joyful every day Mm -hmm. and I need to bring that in. And so for me, like the negativity, of course it's going to affect everyone, but it, it, you know, is it going to affect me for two minutes or is it going to affect me for two hours? And so I start to look at it like, is this going to matter a year from now? No. Okay. Not a big deal. That makes the biggest difference, like Mm -hmm. brushing it off, moving on and focusing on the bigger, better, more positive things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like you have surrounded yourself with pretty positive people? Because you're an extremely positive person. Yeah, I'm like so like kind of intense about that. Like Mm -hmm. I hate negativity. Like I'm anti-negativity. I can't be around it. I don't like talking about it. And yeah, I think that's what keeps me like positive and just bringing good vibes. Life's Mm -hmm. too short surround yourself with the right people because they really do like bring you to who you are Mm -hmm. and yeah continue to like push ourselves 
through mm-hmm. that way. Do you have other friends that are business owners now? Have you like um, created a circle? Because I know you said where we talked about how like it's it's kind of hard to be relatable to your friends with the regular nine to five or the Amazon job. Yeah, it's hard because a lot of my friends like I call them normal jobs. Yeah, like, no, I do too. Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like what are we doing on Saturday? I'm like, well, am I gonna have someone call out sick? And am I gonna have to work the truck or like yeah. this Friday? Like. I told, I texted my friend Jackie, I was like, we're getting dinner on Friday night. And I was like, I have an appointment from five to eight, but I'll be there after. And like, and as an appointment, I mean, working on the truck in Redmond, but I'll be there after. (laughs) Uh, It's hard. um, But I've learned to navigate around it. It's just like, there's a lot of perks with it, but this Mm -hmm. is like one of the drawbacks. um, And we're getting better at like balancing it out. But more importantly, remember how I told you I go off and then try to remember the question. This yes. is all coming back to something bigger. <laughs> yeah. But remind me. Um, Don't business tell me. owner friends. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So through that, like, I've learned to relate with a lot, like, with other small businesses. I mean, like, yeah. we became friends. But mm-hmm. um, people who are going about, like, this journey that we're going through. So mm-hmm. I'll give my small business shout outs to Delicious Wontons, Life and Light Photography. Um, people who are our age who are taking, like, these huge steps and taking their passions and like turning them into a product or service is like really admirable and so easy to relate with people. Like mm-hmm. we sit down and we can talk about so many different things. And even though like we sell completely different things and go about our days yeah. com- completely different ways, when you sit down and talk about it, it's so nice and refreshing mm-hmm. to hear that like someone goes through the same obstacles that you're going through and like, we're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. And um, if it was easy, everyone would do it, but it's not, right. it's hard and we're yeah. doing it. So every morning as a small business owner or as an entrepreneur, you need to wake up knowing that you're going to get punched. You don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know who's going to be throwing the punch, but like mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And learning to like be either defensive or able to shake it off is like such a huge thing and like taking the next step and going about the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Something's always going to come up. And I feel like even not even in business, just in life too, mm-hmm. like things hit you all the time. Somebody cuts you off or Starbucks doesn't have your whatever drink you want, like those little things, or you get the wrong coffee. Like how are you going to let it affect your day or are you going to pivot and still enjoy your life? Focus on the bigger and <laughs> yeah. better things. I was telling this story the other night at dinner, like I was going across the 520 bridge and this lady like slammed on her brakes and I had to swerve into the left lane and lucky there wasn't a car there. And my first reaction was to put my hand on the horn and I stopped myself. I'm like, what the fuck is honking going to do right now? Like, yeah. forget that focus. Like, thank God yeah. we're all safe. No one yeah. hit their cars, like little things mm-hmm. like that. And like going about life in a more positive way and focusing on the bigger picture, not getting caught up in these little tiny moments when, mm-hmm. like you said, Starbucks doesn't have yeah. pumpkin spice or crumbles out of that yummy cookie. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like, this is now backtracking a little bit, but thinking about like unhappy customers or people who like take their anger out on you or something like also for the audience listening or anyone that needs to hear this, just remembering that it has nothing to do with you. It's their own inner world that's mixed up and angry and they're choosing to take it out on you rather than like doing some healing or reflection or whatever to be a more joyful person and like not take those things to heart. Cause I think that's what I used to do. Or even like thinking about the, someone cutting you off or slamming in front of you, like that would have sent me into a downward spiral the rest of the day, instead of being like, Oh, whatever. They're a bad driver. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm okay. I'm safe. I can go about my day and be fine. Yeah. I'm retweeting that. That's gold. <laughs> yeah. Like it's insane. But yeah. Do you have any other things you'd like to talk about or yeah, I have one more question for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm being interviewed on this one. 
well because like i said like we yeah. haven't had the opportunity to sit down and yeah. chat so this is so nice um another question i had was like we started our businesses like in seattle mm-hmm. if you were to redo it all over again like do you ever picture yourself being like in another city and ooh, yeah i don't know i mean i love the idea of like so basically the lash world is really popular in Utah and really popular in Arizona and of course like California all over um I feel like it's it's popular in Washington but not as popular the other places I I would love to live somewhere else just to try it but I actually think Utah is really beautiful and the only thing about Utah now I'm just going right way down a rabbit hole (laughs) the only thing about Utah is there's so many lash artists there that the price is so low so i don't think you're making big profit margins the way that you know we might be here um and arizona prices are really expensive too so i mean if i had to go somewhere else i'm no longer allowed to be in washington i'd probably go to arizona or california okay sunny weather yeah i'm with you both of us like we've always been in Mm -hmm. edmund shoreline area like we've never ventured out did you live anywhere else ever in your life right after high school i lived in la for the summer okay and so it was just I think it was like eight weeks and it was so much fun. It was really cool. And I feel like that's where I started to change my mindset about worrying about what other people thought about me or like having this high school Mackenzie, like who she was and her identity and shifting into knowing like when I moved to LA, I was like, no one knows me here. Mm-hmm. Like I can be whoever I want to be. No. Like, you know, and so that really gave me the freedom to you know, start trying new things or having the confidence to be like, you know what, you think I should be doing this or you're judging me for not going to college. Like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want because you're not living my life. You don't know what goes on in my head. And yeah, I feel like that really helped me. Have you lived anywhere else? No. Yeah. And like, I think that's why we both like thought about it is because like, what if, or like, Mm -hmm. if I do that, would that work for me? Like our business, like really slows down like when the clouds and the rain comes like yesterday was the first day that we had like shitty weather here and I was just like not mentally there but I always think like what if we actually did this in like a city where it's like sunny all the time Mm -hmm. like Arizona or Southern California but at the same time like we're so connected and interrooted here I feel like I would never be able to leave even though it's so tempting so Mm -hmm. I'll stick to the other places for like traveling and enjoying those places in little doses Mm -hmm. but I feel grounded here and I feel content and happy. Mm -hmm. Me too. Well, I think this concludes our episode. Thank you. (laughs) I know. I'm like, it goes by so fast. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you being here. Of course. It was really nice chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Like, subscribe, and turn on the notification bell so you can get notified every Thursday at 10 a.m. To be entered to win a t-shirt, give us a comment on our YouTube video. All right. See you guys next time.